because I gotta, I've gotta go at about eleven ten because I've got a dentist appointment. Hooray! Oh, um, right. All right. This episode, what I'd like to do is is to cleave it into two halves. Okay. The first, the first half, I want to talk about what we saw and heard at Rocky Mountain Audio Fest last weekend. Gotcha. And the second, the second half, I want to talk about what you know. I want to talk about what you and I have coming up in the next few months. Okay. So we'll start with Denver. Um, I don't know whether you have like a top three things that you heard or saw, but I'll start. You start. All right. So it, it's actually not a product. It's connected to uh, the conversation we had last episode about accuracy, right? You know how we were talking about these guys that uh, talk about they, they want an audio system that is accurate. It's true to the, the live event. Oh, right. So I put this to uh, Gail Sanders of Icon and Martin Logan Andrew Jones of ELAC and also Sean Casey of Zoo. And okay. so, like, is this possible? And all of them, these are like experienced speaker designers, all of them said no. Right. You know, you, you lose so much, you lose 99% in the recording. And then, you know, whatever else you get, it's just, it's, you're just lucky to get what you get. And as Andrew Jones said, that really kind of dovetails, in my opinion, they're two different art forms. A live show is different to play, playback in the home. That's the way I hear it. And anyone who wants to talk about accuracy um, in terms of being true to a live event is, uh, we said this last time, I'm going to say it again this time, they're kidding themselves. And this is not just me saying this. This is experienced loudspeaker designers. No, so I, that, agree. Me, I agree. Right? I'm, I'm there. I mean, the only time I ever feel like it's getting really, really close to real is if you're listening to a very small scale performance, you know? If, if you're listening to like three people sing a cappella, or if you're listening mm. to a guy sitting on a stool, you know, playing an acoustic guitar, boy, there's times that that sounds awfully real because it's not that complex of a recording. I mean, again, just, sure. just my thought on it, but I mean, yeah. but it's a, it's an illusion, Jeff, because yeah. as and I think as Andrew Jones reminded me, like instruments are omnidirectional only at certain frequencies and then other frequencies fire say left and right or another frequency fire front and back so this is why i think when we hear a, a real guitar we know it's a real guitar because our brains have heard this before because they're hearing different frequencies arriving at different times whereas with two speakers you know that you know especially if a time aligned then most frequencies arrive at the ears at the same time that helps us with the illusion but that is also why we don't hear that illusion as the real thing Right. See what I mean? Exactly. Right. Anyway, but that was that was my number one takeaway from Denver. I mean, I mine was not my coverage was not very um, product centric. It was people centric. It was interviews, and I do have some other things, but that was my number one pick. Anyway, over to you. Um, you can you can share with us one of your favorite things that you saw or heard. Um, let's see, one thing or more than one thing. Well, well, we'll alternate, right? So you pick one now, and then I'll pick one, and then we'll okay. kind of bounce at around. The, at right? the risk of stealing yours, uh, those JBL L100s, I really loved those speakers. I thought those were fucking kick-ass, and I'm buying a pair. So I agree. Yeah, I'm getting <laughs> a pair. We, 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 you and I were both there when, when, when I popped my head in the room. Was that we, yeah, uh, I anyway. dragged you into the right. room, as you recall. You, right. you were talking oh, to the hey. Cardises, and I said, hey, get over here. you got to see this. Uh, and, yes, yes. Um, yes, and... Those were, those were really fun, and I've got the originals. So, um, you know, can you explain? Can you explain to listeners what what they are, Jeff? Um, what they called the new JBL L100. I believe they're called the L100 Classic. Yes, and yes. it's it's a redo of JBL. JBL claims the original L100, which came out in the mid seventies was the most successful speaker ever made in terms of number of units sold. Um, I I think they sold, gosh, I think they sold hundreds of thousands of those. I mean, I, I mean, man, I sold a shitload of them when I used to sell retail. Um, you know, it, we used to, we used to sell, we used to do what we called a midnight madness sale, where if you came in at midnight and you were wearing a, a swimsuit, you could buy a set of JBL L100s for $4.99 a pair or three, four, I think they were $4.99 a pair. And yeah. I can't tell you how many people I sold a Harman Kardon receiver, a Techniques 1200, 
and a JB a pair of JBL L100s for like eight ninety nine as a system. I mean, and the L100s have that funky orange grill that's yes. kind of like a, well, top, orange, like a top bar. Yeah, they came in orange, blue, or black, and, and back in the day they came in brown as well. They've eliminated the brown. Uh, it's a it's a transparent foam. It's an acoustically transparent foam, but mm -hmm. it it really became a signature of that speaker. I mean, everybody, everybody that's my age remembers those, you know, I mean, almost everybody my age had a pair. I mean, it really was, uh, you know, and the there was a, a pro version of that speaker called mm -hmm. the 4311. And uh -huh. it was it was the same speaker, same everything. It just had a more um, pedestrian utilitarian cabinet. And they were, I mean, you're 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 in my favorite record. I mean, Hotel California was mixed on. 4311s um a huh. lot of a lot of classic rock from the 70s was mixed on those speakers and i mean they're you know they're real colored they're real tweaked i mean the originals you you hook them up to a Marantz receiver and play Joni Mitchell and you're back there and the new ones have hmm. taken advantage of a lot of what JBL's learned over the years with their those what are those 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 real big horn speakers that they make uh the synthesis oh, oh i don't i don't know the names i know what they I look remember, like but, yeah. but they've taken a lot of that technology and improved crossover mm. technology and they've put that into the l100 classic um, and how much are they a pair four thousand a pair and um you know for considering now that uh a good clean used pair of vintage l100s will set you back yeah they're starting to push two thousand a pair now for really really clean ones hmm. um you know these are these are pretty awesome for the money i mean they've they're they as you heard i mean they're a really warm really really music friendly speaker and yeah. so um you know are they, they have, oh, go ahead I'm do sorry. they have like a, no no sorry i was just gonna ask do they have like an adjustable tone control on the front I believe so. I'm looking for the picture. Let's see. Because um, I want... Yes, I look, yeah. I look, you can adjust right, so the you, mid and tweeter level. But not the not the low end, because I no. worry how much bass they put out or how voluptuous that bass is for that warm sound and whether it would play okay in a smallish kind of apartment room like mine. And, you know... Well, we're going to find out because I'm going to put them in my 13 by 15 foot room. I mean, my, my current L100s play great in that size room. Okay, all right. So I'm I'm expecting... The interesting thing about this new speaker, too, is it's got a, you know, it's... Uh, no, they're both ported from the front. So, yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, we'll see how... I'm, I can't wait to put these up next to the old ones and compare and, you know... Mm, that would be yeah. interesting, yeah. But, yeah, but I, I, I'd be willing to bet you'll be selling your old pair on eBay after, you know. You know, I that. probably will because they'll be because a you can only have so much stuff, and b um you know I think these new ones will do the same job. You know, they'll just be that really fun, music friendly speaker, and you know hook them up to a Prima Luna tube amp and mm. call it a day. You know they're they're 90 dB sensitivity, so you won't oh, okay. you won't need a lot of juice to drive them. So I'm thinking, you know, EL 34 is all the way in the Prima Luna, and just rock the house. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm excited by those. I, I mean, again, it comes down to looks, doesn't it? It's not just about the sound. Yes. It's not. It's not sound at all costs. It's you know these things look cool. You would happily. Well, I think a lot of people would happily have them in their lounge room because they play to that um, vintage and vintage seventies, mad men, mid-century modern right. vibe. That a lot of people are after these days kick ass. I mean, yeah, they're expensive. Four grand's a lot of money, but uh, you know, just it, it was love at first sight for me. It was the first time I'd seen them in the flesh. Yep. Me too. Was, yeah, me too. Impressed. Yep. They yeah. were, they were, you know, when they first came out, you know, I was super excited, but I thought, well, I've got to see how they sound. And, you know the the sound is perfect for me. I mean, again, yeah, right. it, it plays to your original argument. Are they accurate? Are they this? Are they that? Um, you know, sound is a lot like light. I mean, when you look at the color of things outside, color looks one way in the morning when the light is more blue, 
it looks yes. it looks more washed out in the middle of the day when the sun's overhead and it looks kind yeah. of warm and yellow at the end of the day so what's the right color well that's right isn't it i mean it's like when you go into a pitch black room and you turn the light on right you right. turn on the, the the overhead lights and you go right okay is this light neutral or not now the, well light's a funny one because you can probably measure that pretty easily in you know with you know with uh, what's it called? White a color meter, right? Yeah, you can, yeah, you can measure color it with meter. a color meter. Um, I believe it's fifty two hundred K, five thousand K. That's supposedly correct color, right? But if you, I mean, the thing is with sound, we don't have that, <laughs> that neutrality because it's not so. The sound is not as one dimensional as light, right? Correct. You could go right. Okay, the color meter is this way or that way. So that I mean, because some guy left a comment on YouTube earlier on, like, oh well, you know. This all very well and good, but this stuff isn't isn't true to source. Everyone knows that stuff that measures well is true to, to source. But like, how do you know what the source is? It's so Heisenbergian in that if you play a CD or a file, you're playing it through a bunch of hi-fi equipment, and then if you play it through another bunch of hi-fi equipment, which it's like having two watches. Which one? Which one's truest to source? You just have no idea. You have no clue, right? It, I just, I, I, I kind of get so frustrated by it. not people with different opinions, but the, the idea that there is an absolute sound or an absolute truth. It's absolute nonsense is what it is. Well, I, I honestly, I think there's two groups of this. Mm. There's people that like music and they love the entertainment aspect of this. And there's people that like to argue and I, <laughs> yes. I see it. What do you call them? Cranky pants? Um, cranky pants. Yes. Cranky pants. And you know what, dude? I see it with people who like cars, cameras, watches, bicycles, you name it. The people that like to argue aren't having any fun. And it's right. their mission to make sure you're not having any fun either. And I don't, <laughs> I, you know, right? They want yeah, misery yeah. loves company. And, right. you know, we can argue about this shit all day long, or we can listen to some great music and have a drink, and who cares? Right. You know? Sorry, that was my mistake. I didn't, I kind of took it <laughs> on a sharp left turn, and I wanted to kind of keep to this okay. sort of okay. best of Rocky Mountain. So I'll, I'll bring it back, back to what, Next for right. you, what did you, okay. see that, what, what did you see that you really loved? Well, it was the first time that I'd heard. We last time we spoke about the key three monitors, right? Yes. And then, and then, so in in Denver this year, uh, Chris from Key had them on the BXT extension modules, and he had no room treatments. It was a very average hotel room, right? And I went in there, and he was he was very good. He played a techno track that I absolutely love, a super obscure, and I kind of cringed a little bit as I could probably I wasn't too sure how. The people around me would take it, but everyone took it really well. But this thing, and I said at the time, this tracks in through that key system with the BXT bass modules sounded like the best kind of club PA. And I don't mean shouty. I mean, you know, when you can, when you're in, well, I don't know where you've experienced this, but you know, you go to a club and you can stand right next to speakers and you can have a natural conversation with somebody else about shouting because the sound is so good and so clean. And those keys with the BXTs to me sounded exactly like that. Just super clean, just wonderful. I was so impressed. Yeah. And, and, that's, and in a hotel room, no treatments. Well, and you know, and that's what it's about. It's about getting a musical experience that you enjoy. Yes. You yes. Know, I tell people all the time, I said, you know what? Find a pair of speakers that you absolutely fall in love with and mm. then build everything around that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying they're clinical. I'm just saying they're, they're just they're just super clean sounding. I don't want to say uncolored, but I guess you know there's, there's certain things that tend towards uncolored or tend towards this or that, and these tended towards a very a very transparent um, presentation. Although I'm kind of I'm I'm nudging myself towards the argument that I, we just had about like, right. true to source. Can't possibly know, but that's the feeling I get. I guess it's like this, this transparency as a vibe, as a feeling. And that's something I really love about those key speakers. I think they're wonderful. I don't know whether, did you hear them in the BXTs? Yeah, I, I heard them. Well, I actually heard them. I didn't hear them with the BXTs. I heard them mm. at Sound Organization about two weeks before the show. And 
really enjoyed them. I thought they were really fun speakers. And I love the fact that everything's, it's an all-in-one solution. And I, yes. I'm seeing more and more people that really want that. I it's It's not I that, agree. you know what? It's not like the high-end, the interest in a high-end audio or high-end music system is going out mm. of favor by any stretch. But I don't think everybody... I don't think a lot of the newer customers see it as as much of a hobby or as much of a sport, perhaps, as as my generation did. Mm. You know, it wasn't so it's more of a destination than a journey. And the journey is the journey is the music, not the gear anymore, which is fine. So to come back to my conversation that I had with Andrew Jones, I mean, they were showing the ELAC Navis Active, and he, he made a very interesting point when I was talking to him. He said that he wanted to, wanted to acknowledge both worlds when designing this Active speaker. So he designed it so people could just um, put them on stands, plug them in, connect the, the, the stream box, and they're up and running. But also for people, purists, journey audiophiles, whatever you want to call them, who want to tinker with preamps and sources because he made them so there's no DSP inside, so they've got like analog active crossovers. And the amplification is class AB, I think with bash with the bass amps. So again, no, no switching amps in there either. So he made them so that they would satisfy diehard audiophiles and newcomers. Um, I don't know whether necessarily he might fall between two, two stools with that design, I don't know. But they sound a kick-ass, so who, who knows? But I, they're going to send me a pair. But um, you're right. I think that this is this is an emerging market of people who just want to buy something like a TV, take it home, plug it in, and they're up and running in ten minutes. You know, and, and why one. not? I mean, yeah, I, I think. I mean, I really think what a lot of people lose track of because people tend to want to always reminisce about the good old days and you know and i was there in the good old days and you know super high end audio was always a fringe thing it was mm-hmm. always a 1% thing not not right. economically but interest level um yeah. most people came to my shop and you know and bought a receiver and a pair of speakers and maybe a turntable you know and that was it and, you know, the real geeky guys that had the super cool amp and preamp and fussy turntable and fussy speakers, that was a real, that's always been a small percentage, right. you know? So it's not, um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it's ever going to be that big of a, you know, it, it's not going to be, I don't think it's ever going to be a lot bigger than it is, you know? So. Well, I don't know because you know, the, 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 I think the two most interesting products to be released this year were not at Rocky Mountain Audio Fest, and they would probably would never be there. And for me, they are the so, the new Sonos streaming amp. Right. But then even bigger than that is the Amazon Alexa streaming amp. I forget what it's called. Oh, I didn't even see that. Right. It's like this $300 streamer with an amplifier inside that you just connect to a pair of get this passive speakers so it's embracing the passive speaker market so clearly amazon see a market for people who have got like an old pair of vintage speakers they want to just bring up to date they can just hook this thing in they can talk to it they can tell it to play spotify or i think they can stream with an app as well i'm not sure but i thought it was really interesting that amazon had made an app that talks to passive speakers i thought that was huge um and i think maybe there's a crossover point emerging because I mean, a few years ago, from from where I sat, it looked like there was the high end audio industry, then a big moat, moat. and on the other side, <laughs> I, I like that. Because no, like it's, it's it's walled into a castle, right? This high end audio industry, and that you know, thy shalt shalt not pass, and the portcullis comes up if you're allowed in. But now I'd I'd see it less divided between high end audio and and regular consumer, and it, I think there's a middle ground being. Um, about to be plowed. So Sonos are doing it. Amazon are doing it. There's a British speaker company who are about to launch something, which I can't tell anybody about yet. But it's pretty exciting. You've got to remember, there's a huge install base. I mean, with Amazon, I think it's just marketing. I mean, there's just a huge install base of passive speakers out there. So why not? Yes. Yeah, right. And so... the but. I thought it was very interesting that they did that and they didn't just 
because obviously most of the Amazon products are little sort of tiny active speakers, right? Right. And you can pay, you can pair them and all that. But I thought it was very interesting that they uh, are tapping into the people. There must be they must see a market for people who own passive speakers and they want to plug them in. I thought that was sure. very interesting. And I think we're seeing more of these sort of I don't want to call them crossover products because that's that's doing them a disservice because they should have always existed. And yet, but this is the, the middle ground between high-end audio nerd and regular consumer who puts their phone in a bowl and listens to music like that. There is, there is a big middle ground that I think a lot of, you know, is really underserved or is being better served now, especially this year. I thought, you know, and I, th- I saw you know, hints of that in Denver. You know, like yeah. The, like, like the the Andrew Jones Navis. Sorry, I should call them Elac Navis because they are Elacs. But right, um, you know, and like the keys. Yes, they're a lot of money, but they're for like some cashed up young dude who wants to go. Right, I'll have those. Thank you very much. Just put them down, plug them in, and off I go. Like the Deviolet stuff. You know, like that new. Have you seen that new Mini Phantom, Jeff? The um, Phantom Reactor. My guy Greg in New York just got done reviewing them, and he really liked them. The little, the, the smaller one. Yeah, he really oh, liked wow. them. But I mean I, I mean and 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 here we go. The world's best speaker. Well, well. Not really. <laughs> yeah, not really. But you know what? Back to your earlier comment, those mm. TVLAs are killer party speakers. Oh, I think I mean I would uh, yeah, I would have a pair. Yeah. I I, I think the the original Phantom uh well there's the, there's the original there's the silver there's the gold. I think you need a a kind of big room to handle the low end. Yes. With those. But I think the, the, the mini of the, sorry, it's called a phantom reactor, but just so for people to visualize, this is a smaller phantom. It's a thousand, is it a thousand euros? Yeah. I think a thousand euros each. So 2000 a pair. Yeah. If you're not, if you're looking at Kef LS 50 wireless, you might want to look at these as well. You know, it's also 2000 a pair along with the Andrew, Andrew Jones, Elac Navis. Like there's a lot of this, you see what I mean? There's all these actives coming at us from different angles, and they're all sort of plug and play. I think DiviLA probably have the broadest reach in terms of man in the street. Probably, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Their marketing department is is highly optimistic in the terms that they use. Right. But but yeah, I look past it. I just go, that's just that's just that's business. That's marketing. You want to tell me it's the best speaker in the world? I'll listen, but yeah. you know, there's this. I mean, it's if if you're in marketing or you're in PR, your job is to say you have the best shit in the world. You know, so it's up to us and it's up to our readers to decide where that falls. Um, okay, so over to you. What you know? Give us something else that you saw that you really um, tickled your fancy, Jeff. Um, I've been using a set of these uh, Pure Audio Project Trio horns. Have you seen those? Oh, you know, I, it's embarrassing actually. I, I was, I was actually, my sleeping room is on the same floor as those guys. Okay, and I, I just didn't get time to go in. And they no, no, but but you know cool. what speakers I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I one do. Of the, yes. One of the cool things about his speaker is that it's kind of a um, mix and match. You can put a right. horn in the middle. You can put a Lothar type speaker. And then he's also got, um, you can do a voxative field coil mid, yes, you know, yes. full range. And he had that at the show. He was he was actually alternating between the horn and between the voxative. And the voxative was, I've got the horns myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, but really really nice i mean the voxative was really the the wonderful thing about those lothers and the voxatives and all of that is that you know it's 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 always had a really because of no crossover it's really got a smooth mid-band etc etc but the those uh-huh. big woofers give it a full range they kind of sound like magnapans with dynamics and that was that was a fun speaker i really enjoyed those because they were, you know, the Voxative upgrade is about an eight or $9,000 upgrade, and that speaker's mm-hmm. kind of delicate. So it was a little hard for him to send me a pair, but getting mm-hmm. to hear them at the show, really nice, re- very musical, very fun, very engaging. Um, I really like that. <clears throat> and that was with the Voxative field call driver, field call yes. drivers, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because Voxative are just, just like five kilometers from me here. I went to see them and 
last month. Supposed to see Holger, and he yeah, he showed me the field. That those drivers are really heavy. Still, yeah. What are they? Oh yeah. Like, he makes great like, stuff. I really like does. his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he does make good stuff. He's really, and he's a real kind of um, he's a real. I guess what you would call a connoisseur in that he's into the sort of the very the, the finer things in. I guess old school audio. I mean, you wouldn't call it a modern approach necessarily, but I like the fact he is keeping that going because somebody's going to be into field coil field. I can't even say it. I can never say field coil drivers very easily. Anyway, there you go. Moving on. Right. You're, okay. You're like Stewie when he says what? <laughs> <laughs> cool whip. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Quill Wheaton. All right. Back to work. Okay. So. I thought another very interesting development this year was um, two companies who had rooms across the hall from each other, actually, was Pierce Audio and Wired for Sound. And both are now or about to introduce sometime next year loudspeakers. But these are both companies that are like renowned for their electronics. So Pierce Audio, I mean, yeah, they, they make ex almost exclusively electronics. In fact, yeah, that's what they do. But right? you remember way, way, way back when with Arnie mm -hmm. Udell, those guys did they did come from a loudspeaker background way back when. Right. So these speakers that PS Audio was showing were prototypes that designed by the late, I think he passed away, didn't he? Arnie yes. Adele? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So they're, yeah, they're, they're a prototype designed by him. And I think um, Paul McGowan's going to bring those to market at some point. But the, well, the one thing that really blew me away was EJ Sarmento across the hall. Like he's the wired for sound guy. He is the young gun singular right. pretty much of audio because he's 34. Right. He's been making electronics for, I don't know, however, like 15 years, 10 years. Yeah. And, and he told me that the speakers he showed in, in Denver, he, he built them within three, he built them in a, in a three week window. They were, he didn't even, he just woke up one day and went, I'm going to make some speakers for Rocky Mountain. And he, I think he worked many hours a day. For three weeks. Well, you sounded, could make speakers really in three weeks too. I mean, there's oh, enough. There's uh, enough off-the-shelf stuff. I mean, I mean, take a couple drivers and a couple of you know a couple of crossover designs and put a box together. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, well, these were these were more sophisticated than, than that, Jeff. I mean, these had ribbon tweeters. They had a base cabinet below. I, I'm I'm a bit sketchy on the specifics because you'd I think be surprised at how much is already out there. I mean, let, let's let's get serious. How many variations on the theme are there really? And sure, it's, but it's, I, 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 I guess you know, like a, you could, we could debate all day whether the world needs another loudspeaker, right? They don't, right? <laughs> but, but, but what I thought was interesting was this: these two companies that are renowned and you know respected for their electronics are, div are diversifying into speakers. So I guess they can basically. I think the aim is to produce a top to bottom offering you know all the way from say the phono stage or the dat the speaker and with ej i guess it's the streamer or i guess um, i i guess i can right? understand that but i you know i can't think of anybody and i you know i'm just saying me i can't think of Ooh. anybody that makes everything that is equally competent at all aspects you know i i mean i'm i'm racking my brain but i, I mean like burmester makes everything and, yes. you know, the late Dieter Burmester was a friend of mine, and I really loved and respected Dieter Burmester. But, you know, the speakers, nowhere near as good as the amplification. Look at Name. Mm. You know, Name's never made speakers that were the equivalent of their electronics and their digital and their, you know, all of that. I mean, there's just a lot of people that I, I just haven't heard anybody that's been able to do it top to bottom where every single component in the offering was, was all at mm. the same level of excellence. I don't know. Um, well, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see we'll how see. these, I mean, I, I take your point. I, you know, the, I guess not everybody can be good at or excel at everything. Yeah. That's but, all. I mean, you it's, know, but, but it's a, it's a fair point to make, but I think I just say it's interesting that, that, that there are companies maybe, I don't know whether they get bored with what they have or they, I think they really that's what it is. I think that's <laughs> what it is. I think, I think those wacky engineering guys just need something else to keep their little engineering ADD brains going. So it's like, maybe. yeah, I can make that too. Right. Yeah, I guess. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, don't, I didn't want to labor this point because it's just too two um, US manufacturers, but I thought it was an interesting point to make rather than just go like this box or that box or this thing or that thing. Vinnie Rossi, 
did were you there when he was playing um jim laurel's recordings from cuba no i, I spoke to Vinny very early in, in the show and okay. then i didn't see him again but yeah i mean Vinny had i i really loved hearing jim laurel has become kind of a friend here and mm. he's i was supposed to go with him to this cuba thing but i just i couldn't get away but it was really he came back with some amazing recordings of just you know, Cuban musicians and their, nat, you know, natural habitat. The, the Chris Bellman from Bernie Grunman did all the mastering um, and they were playing some of the tracks back on Vinny's system with the big mm. harvest with that yeah. was, that was really fun. I mean, that cool. was, you know, he had some great sound in those recordings. Those recordings are coming out, I think in February and mm. they were really, really well done. I mean, just, you know, and that was another one of those, you know, it was just a couple of people singing and boy, was that convincing. I mean, that, mm. that, that came awfully close to feeling like you were in the room with three people singing. It was, it was pretty spectacular. Right. Okay. So that was more of a, like a holistic experience than just a piece of gear or whatever. That's yes. Yes. Yeah. I would, yeah, oh, right. you know, can I add one more thing? Can I just be yeah, like, can I add one more well, thing? You, you add one more, then I'll do two more. <laughs> you can, perfect. Those right. new, I forget what the number was. Because they always have those weird numbers, the new big Rados with all the new drivers and the new tweeters that have had kind of mm. the new redesign since Benno came from Gamut, and those were pretty spectacular. Those were also, you know, it was the first Rados that were they claim a completely full range system, and mm. they were they were pretty big, pretty big scale, um, really amazing. Um, kind of spendy. I think they were about 170k a pair, but pretty awesome. So yeah, that's 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 the Uber high end talking right there, is it? Yes. So yeah, right. I don't know the radio stuff at all. I know. I mean, it's it, it kind of. I think they operate beyond my usual remit of I don't know, like 20 grand or whatever. No, they're you know what? They're entry level speakers, 6k a pair, and they're really good. I did not know that. Okay, that's and then they have a they have a second line of speakers too that is you know where they've they've the cabinets aren't quite as fancy you know that kind of mm. thing and those are also very affordable. You should check them out. I bet you would like them. Interesting. You know that that kind of reminds me of a point that people make like how come we never read bad reviews right? Like how come everything is awesome? I'll tell you why everything is is awesome because let's say in, in any given year a hundred products come out. I have time for five, right? I mean, I'm not saying that, don't take those numbers. Well, let's use percentages, right? 100%, right? So I've got time for 5% of everything that comes out in a given year. So I'm going to be, I'm going to make bloody sure that that 5% is something that are things that I am super enthusiastic about from the get-go. Why am I going to go and pick that weird thing over there that has no, that doesn't really speak to me and then, review it and kick it why would i do that it's just no one wins there's no there's no point to do that you know what I, the, the you perfect know. example of that john is i had a manufacturer ask me that once yeah and i said well let's start with your product i said tell <laughs> you what box up your 150 pound amplifier spend mm. 600 to ship it to me I'll mm -hmm. keep it for a year. Then I'll write a really snarky review that I guarantee is going to cost you a few hundred thousand dollars in sales. And then I'll call you back and have you spend six or seven or eight hundred dollars to ship it back. Well, well, I wasn't saying my product. And, you know, <laughs> you know the, but but the thing is, too, and here's a here's a point that the late Dave Wilson made once that I thought mm -hmm. was really on the money. He said, look, he's, he said, he said, have you ever noticed that the sound between the top brands in hi-fi in terms of electronics are starting mm. to kind of converge? And mm. when you think about it, I mean, again, back in my day, you know, CJ sounded like this. Audio research sounded like this. Mark Levinson sounded like this. Okay. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, all of these guys are, or most of them, there's three or four places that make the world's best capacitors, the best resistors, the best wire, the best binding posts, um, the best transformers. There, a lot of them, as you know, have adjusted their chassis to be more rigid and they've taken more of an approach to vibration control. So mm. once you do all of that, um, you know, 
there there's not much there's not a lot further to go um mm. you know i mean if you put voltage into a 12ax7 tube it only works within a narrow range of parameters mm-hmm. so there there's not as much new under the sun as there was 30 years ago right you know and and they've also a lot of them if you take a lot of the majors they're doing what works what ships and what doesn't break in shipping i mean one you know if i mean like with tube electronics some guys really wrap their hat on this hang their hat on this uh you know the tube rectifier in the power supply that that's a really big deal mm-hmm. and and that you know i've talked to a couple of other you know guys like say cj audio research those kind of guys and said hey you know how come you don't do that and they said well you know for that one more molecule of sound i might get it's going to break 20 times as much mm-hmm. and so you know most of the major manufacturers have made very high performance products that for the most part don't break so mm-hmm. once you get to that point there's not there's not as much variation on the theme as there used to be 30 years ago and and let's face it how much here's my question to you how much really crap equipment have you heard very little exactly because it, because it just it either doesn't come to market or it gets ignored or it just gets i don't know i just don't, you look, I mean, I'm, I'm right now I'm looking at a photo of the next thing I'm going to talk about, which is from NAD, right? Okay. Now, these guys have been in the, in the business for Forever. 40, 40 years, right? Yeah. This company, now Canadian-owned. NAD are not going to put out a crappy product. Right. Because Not just because of their experience, because they'll measure it, they'll test it, they'll make sure, it, A, it's not going to electrocute you, it's not going to kill you. And they'll probably they will definitely plug it into speakers or whatever and or into a system, and they'll listen to it and they'll do extensive listening tests, and they've probably got that that shit dialed in right. They know how to bring a product from idea to fruition, pretty much, but, right? And know? the cha- the chances of that being a shitty product are so unbelievably small that they just wouldn't even register. And then you multiply that by all of these companies that have been around for a while and the newcomers, and especially as now all these ele- – well, I'm talking about ele- ele- electronics now. They have to have um, CE certification in Europe right. anyway, right? right? So that removes any – well, not any, but it removes, removes maybe 99% of what would have maybe, I don't know, possibly caused an electrical shock 30 years ago. Right. I mean, I know there'll be listeners kind of going, but I had this and it was dangerous or there's this thing. Yeah, sure, there's exceptions, but generally in the main, for most people, everything is it's generally really good and right. obviously safe, you know? Like, it's just you just don't find these shitty products. I mean, I think I've reviewed two in eight years. And they, they were more when I was starting out because I, I was still finding my way you sure. know, what's, the, what's this brand like? What's that brand like? And now, you know, I, I, I've got better at my process of sort of filtering. Well, you've got more experience. You've got more time, you know? And I mean, and again, I think the thing about the bad reviews too is that, you know, the, the internet has made the world so much smaller. I mean, mm. if, if you or I write, it's one thing to write, an over-the-top review all the time where there yes. are yeah. there are still certain people in our industry that you know this is the best thing i've ever heard and then the next and then next month they say now this is the best thing now this is the best thing but i think i think if you're writing you know a general you know a really good description mm-hmm. um that's not really a, a positive to me that's not a positive review or a negative review that's just pointing out i mean you may hear case in point okay here's something i'll here's an example okay mm-hmm. we have we have we just got done doing an issue on integrated amplifiers mm-hmm. we had two amplifiers that were both excellent but completely different feature sets have you have you listened to any of the gold note stuff uh, I haven't, but my reviewer in the UK is d- d- yeah. Um, yeah, the IS one thousand. Yeah, that yeah. IS one thousand is a yeah. great amp. Sounds fantastic. It's very traditional, very old school. Regular yeah. inputs, AB output stage, la la la, yeah. all of that. 
Then we just did the Anthem AVR. Mm -hmm. Same price, um, a little bit more power, but it's got... um, it's all digital where it, it upsamples everything to digital, even phono if you want it to. You can bypass it if you wanted to. Okay. But it has has Anthem Room correction built in, all of that. Both great products, but both appeal to a completely different customer. Mm. Yes. So neither of those, you know, it, are bad or good. But if you want it to be one way, you'd pick this. And if you'd want it to be another way, mm. you pick that. You know, so I'm seeing just more our job is to to help our, our readers and help the consumers just wade through it all. Yes. You know, yeah, um, right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Rather than passing the ultimate good or bad judgment, um, you know, uh, I mean it doesn't matter how much you love how much the gold note sounds, if you needed room correction in your room, that's not the box for you. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. One of the cool things I saw at um, Rocky Mountain this year was a a new uh, streamer preamp from NAD. It's coming oh, out in about okay. four weeks, right? So, and and Greg Stidson, the product development manager, I hope I've got his job title right there. He said to me, "This is basically like a Blue Sound node on steroids." So wow. they've they've improved the internal circuitry. I think they've got different DAC chips. Um, it's a full width box. So okay. if you, you know, if you're so, for example, if you're in the market for a streamer, and you go, well, the Blue Sound Node, you know, that may be cool, but I want something a bit more audiophile grade, whatever that means. Like, if you want something a bit better, if you like, then you might want to look at this new NAD box because it looked quite interesting. I mean, it's got a similar sort of feature set, but everything it runs Blue OS, obviously. Okay. <clears throat> so it's just taken to the max, but it's under the NAD brand because Lenbrook look after NAD Blue Sound. PSB, is that it? Three of them? I can't remember. Yes. Anymore. Yeah. Right. Here it is. It's the. I think this is it. I found it while you were talking. Mm-hmm. I think it's the. And now it just. Okay. <laughs> uh, C six five eight blue OS yeah, that, streaming deck. That's the one. Yes, yes, yes. The streaming deck. Yes. Fourteen ninety nine US. Right. Yeah. So it's it's about three times the expensive as the Blue Sound, but it's meant to be better and sound better. I thought that was not. Yeah, there was not a revolutionary step. It's just an evolutionary step. But I thought it was interesting because it might get missed because everyone's concentrating on blue sound. And it's got uh, right. it's got Dirac live room correction. That's right. Yes, it has the the. Uh, I, th- I I think they're still finalizing all of the feature set, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be in there. So yeah, okay. again, if you want to stream with room correction, also, and I should I guess while we're talking about streamers with room correction, Auralic weren't showing any new hardware in Denver, but they were showing a very loose demo of the forthcoming update to the Lightning DS software platform. It's version three. That's going to have a parametric EQ in it so you can adjust the frequency response of what comes out of the streamer um, to better fit your room. It's not as sophisticated as Direct, I don't think, at this stage. But I thought that was quite interesting how they've managed to... This will be a free update for anybody with Lightning DS I think it has certain limitations for older models, but I think it will still be there. I think it's the number of points you can put Got on it. the graph, right? So like okay. I think the, the newer models you can put, I, I don't want to say how many because I'll get it wrong, but more points than the older models. So I thought it was quite interesting. Anyway, that wasn't my second one. I'm going to cheat here again. No problem. Uh, and you know, Jeff, I don't really listen to anything it shows. Not at all because- I don't you know, really either. Not that carefully uh, because it's such a hostile environment. It's not just that. There are very, there are almost no ABs on offer. And again, I was talking to Andrew Jones about this. And I said, like, do you think this is a good place to audition gear? And he said, well, not really, because you're not swapping stuff out and hearing it against something else. But with um, Cord Electronics, in, they were in the CanJam zone. They had their new Hugo M Scaler, which is basically, I asked Colin Pratt, their international sales manager, what this does. And because he didn't design it, it was designed by Rob Watts, as many people know. He said, look, I can't give you the Rob Watts explanation. I can give you my explanation. And it went, <laughs> it'll kill me for telling this, saying this. But anyway, he said, like, we take the digital signal in, we whiz it around a bit, and we send the digital signal out into your nice. deck. And I it like sounds that. better. So I'm like, okay, right, this is, you know, yeah. It's, I mean, he was trivializing it for the sake of humor. But I had to listen to this thing. I don't normally listen, but because I could do the AB with this M scaler in and then out of the, the chain, 
my God, it really made a difference. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I mean, I was listening to some very poorly mastered Aphex Twin cut, um, but you know, you could step through the different upsampling levels on this M scaler, and it makes a difference to, in this case, the Hugo TT DAC. Um, that's a very interesting product if you really want to maximize your um, streaming experience, if you like. I thought that was very cool. Court's been doing some great stuff lately. Yes, yes, they have. Yeah, they're on fire. Absolutely on fire. They haven't really put a foot wrong since the original Hugo. No, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. So this is all, well, not all of it, because I don't want to downplay John Franks's amplifier designs, but I guess people are very sort of hot for um, Rob Watts's digital stuff. And this, I think this M scaler has, I think it has a million taps. I hope I'm not wrong in saying that. And so the filter length is long enough that, anyway, it can improve the signal. It's, it, see, the thing is, it sounds like bullshit, doesn't it? Like we, we take the signal in, we process it, and we spit it out, right? Like how can you possibly improve something? You, how can you possibly add to something, improve it, and not mess with it in some way? But you, know what, you know what I think is very interesting about this stuff? And this, mm -hmm. this goes back to the group of people that are arguing about measurements again, because that's another lovely argument that always comes back. Mm -hmm. um, I still think that this stuff is part science part engineering and part just art yes i agree you know and yeah. sometimes they just paint a masterpiece and sometimes they don't and i right. and and no one's ever really been able to tell me why you know um well i get and the, but the thing is the why tends to lag behind the what and I, i'll give you a good example of this right because this is a another great demo that I saw in Denver. So um, Garth Powell, who works for AudioQuest, who develops their power products, but now does some, I think he does some cables for them. He okay. did this, he did a demo basically comparing, I think it was, it was silly if you, if you, if, well, it was kind of silly, but not. So he was comparing to like a top flight AudioQuest speaker cable with a monster cable from 1981. Right. Which I thought was fun. You know, it's like, let's see how far we've come. But what, I, but what Garth reminded me of was that, you know, in the, and I wasn't there. This is some, this is information I've heard second, I have secondhand is that when speaker cables started to emerge as a thing that could improve the sound of your hi-fi system, there were a billion naysayers, not on the internet because it didn't exist, but people were like, this is snake girl. This is terrible. And yet now it's become an accepted part of the hi-fi lexicon, right? Everybody readily accepts that speaker cables make a difference. Well, not everybody, but not everybody. But <laughs> no, it's... A lot of people do, right? It's no, a... I agree. No, I'm, and, I'm with you. And it didn't used to be the case. So in the mid seventies, that was not the case. You'd use fine wire. And if you'd use anything else, you were a whack job. And now we're at that point with things like ethernet cables, where the explanations of why I won't say they're woolly. They're just not broadly understood. And I, right. I mean the word broadly, as in everybody, a, a vast percentage of the audiophile world doesn't really understand why they make a difference. I'm still a bit hazy on it. I mean, I have to defer to people like Gordon Rankin, who are specialists in this field and have been for like 30 years. So, of course, I'm going to defer to him, not because he's selling this stuff, but because he has experience. Sure. He knows sure. what he's talking about, right? But you say, I mean, because the, the internet has done this horrible thing where it's, it seems to have leveled the playing field for anybody. You know, it, the, basically, some people think that their opinion is, is as valid as the next person's. Well, mm, not really, because... I agree. You know, I totally I agree. You know, I wouldn't go out and try and tell you how to build a nuclear reactor because I have no earthly idea. I but would you have an opinion and you're right. on the internet, so it's valid. <laughs> there you go. And so, so why not? Yeah, you would defer to a nuclear physicist, wouldn't you? Or a whole bunch of them and go like, how do we build this thing? So if I want to know about why Ethernet cables do sound different or why USB cables sound different, I'm going to go to somebody who has experience in this field and not the hive mind on the internet who sort of kind of swarm around each other and go, oh, no. Rubbish, snake oil couldn't possibly make a difference. Well, no, sorry. It, they well, you know do. what? Again, it gets back to that decision tree. You know, mm. can you hear a difference? Yes, no. Um, mm. And see, for me, I don't, I don't really care about the why. You know, I was, I was in a. I mean, this may be real blasphemy, but I mean, 
I was I was in a room one year at one of the shows with I can't even remember which speaker designer, and mm -hmm. he said, "Well, he said, do you want to know why I used a third over crossover instead of a?" I said, "No, I don't really care about that." <laughs> I said, "The speakers sound great. Don't care." I said, "That's your job. Mm -hmm. If if you've been able to make it work this way, that's all that matters. Does it sound? Do I like the sound or do I not like it? You know, and I, you know, it's not my job. I don't." I don't care why BMW used this bolt or that part or this part. Do I like driving the car? Yes, no. That's all I care about. And and that's that's really I feel like for me with tone, that's that's all my job is. I'm just trying to help you find some stuff that you'll enjoy. I agree, but there, I mean, there are certain the the skeptics' way of. Um, I won't say attacking. That's not the right word. But the way no, that's a good word. No, no. I think I'll be kinder. Challenging. Like if I come out and say this Ethernet cable sounds different to this one, the the challenge to that is well, why? Right now, I'm I'm a little bit stuck on the why. So they go, ah, you can't tell me why. Therefore, you're lying. Or therefore, it doesn't exist. We have yeah, the, right. well, the existential argument. Yes, yeah. but it's not it's not it's not necessarily the case. I can experience something and not be able to articulate why. And again, this is why I have to defer to somebody like Gordon Rankin, who can explain why. But because I can't, like, I'm obviously mishearing things, or I'm not doing this right, or my experiment is flawed, or whatever this bullshit argument. No, I won't say that. It's not bullshit. But like, whatever. It is a bullshit argument. It's, well, it's, you, you know. know, yeah, I guess the trouble is, is this, hang this hangover from the 70s, before well, way before the internet, where people did sell bullshit to audiophiles, and audiophiles bought it, and then realized they'd been swindled out of like fifty bucks, five hundred bucks. People think that that still c continues to this day. It it can't because the flow of information is much faster. Exactly. Right. So a mail order piece from nineteen seventy eight sold from the back of stereophile. By the time anybody catches up with the fact it's bullshit, the guy's long gone. He's made his. 50 grand, 200 grand, whatever he swindled people with, it's done. But you can't do that with the internet. Right. Because within literally within a day, somebody's going to buy it and go, this is, this, is, this is bullshit, there's no way this works, and then nobody else will buy it. Like it gets called out faster. This idea that snake oil persists, I mean, have you, I have never experienced one product, Jeff, that I would say this is snake oil, not one. And I have only been doing it eight years. You've been doing it longer than me. Have you ever encountered something that's genuinely you, that you thought is well? This is this is snake oil for sure. Have you ever encountered that? I haven't. Can we go off the record on this for a minute? <laughs> well, I guess that's a rhetorical question, isn't it, Jeff? Well, we we kind of have to because okay. it'll. Um, a couple of the really really super expensive um, cables to me are a little silly. You I don't mean, have to, you don't have, we, you, this can stay on the record. You don't have to say okay. who they are. I mean, yeah, you could there's, say, there's, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, there's been a couple of, I mean, I, I get their, their perspective where, you know, let's, I mean, we can even go on the record with this because I had this conversation with Meredith from Nordos. Okay. Um, let's take, um, let's take um, Odin two speaker cable. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you put, a sixty-five or sixty-eight thousand dollar pair of Odin speaker cable, um, in a ten thousand dollar system, you know you're not going to hear that much of a delta. If you right. put it in the context of a million dollar system, which is where it's meant to go, mm -hmm. you will hear a difference. You will hear yeah. a market difference, and a lot of them build these products. I won't call it snake oil, but they it's it's a product that doesn't resonate with everybody. Um, yeah, but, but if because, you've got, but hang on though. But if you've got a million dollar hi-fi system, you're going to need, as we've discussed before, you're going to need that multi-million dollar house, maybe a billion dollar house, to put it in. So and like, a room, right, and, and the, the software, room, right, and all that, everything that goes with that. So sixty grand for a speaker cable for me, that's no, a lot of money, right? It's but for them, it's just nothing. It's it's yeah, like you, you said, know, I I would say you know I I really haven't honestly I you know I've heard a couple of things that I thought would be snake oil. But ended mm. up not being perfect example of that. Mm -hmm. The Furatech D Mag, right? Don't know it. Don't know what it is. Uh, you us. put your L, you put your LP on it. You push the button. It supposedly demagnetizes it, and it sounds better. 
that's a product everybody everybody on the internet hates that thing okay <laughs> but but yeah everyone that i've ever had over here that's seen it on the shelf goes oh you've got that stupid fur tech thing and i'm like hey why don't you give it a listen and every single person goes wow that really made a difference. I that's, can hear that. That's the thing, isn't it? When when people actually right? experience something, if you've experienced something and you say, "I heard no difference," that's totally legit. But it's it is like armchair pontificators who point at something across the internet and say, "There is no way that can possibly make a difference." Well, you've not heard it, so you don't know for sure. So speculation is not the same as proper assessment, right? Well, it's true. And I, and you know, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, mm. I kind of love being surprised because I, I love when I have one of those attitudes and I go, oh, that can't possibly work. Mm. And I hear it and it's great. And I think, wow, that's really cool. It does mm. work. And I've expanded my horizon and I've expanded my experience base. And, you know, there's been a number of those where, I mean, that for a tech thing, I walked in the room going, okay. This is going to be bullshit. Let's hear it. And the guy Ooh. did the demo and it was like, wow, that's a big, you know, I, I brought a friend of mine with me to that demo mm. that actually has a PhD in physics. And he was telling me a million reasons why this thing couldn't work. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no way this thing can work. We both sat down. We heard the demo. It was a very marked difference it wasn't uh you know i'm straining to hear this it was like oh wow difference mm. and we both walked out of the room and bought one mm. huh. you know so i mean there you go and you just you can't always explain everything well, that's it i mean everyone's an expert until they hear it i guess i mean I, I, this is the thing is because ex like, because opinions are bountiful on the internet but experience is extremely limited relatively speaking well it uh, is and you know i think there's a lot of crabbiness from people who either, and I know this is going to be really politically incorrect to say, but there's a lot of people that that either can't afford this stuff mm. or they can't fit it in their budget right now because of other priorities. Maybe their kids are in college. Maybe right. they need a new house, yeah. whatever, you know. Um, but the, the best example of this I can give you is when... Um, Bang & Olufsen was kind enough to let me have an Aston Martin DBS for the week to mm -hmm. evaluate the hi-fi system in it. Mm -hmm. Well, the price tag on that car at the time, which was about seven or eight years ago, was $379,000, okay? Wow, okay. And you and, and most of my readers know I'm a huge car guy, okay? Yep. Am I ever going to be able to have a $379,000 car? No, that's not going to happen. I mean, un unless Stereophile buys me for about $10 million, I'm not going to have the money. Um, you know, Keith Prey, are you listening? Um, no, but I mean, un unless that happens, I'm never going to have a car like that. Okay. Mm. But does that mean it's any less awesome just because I can't have one? And, and this is the saddest part of high-end audio for me is that, hey, you know what? Even if you can't afford to have this stuff, who cares? You know, if you're having fun with what you have, that's all that matters. But I see a lot of this on the web where it's just their mission to, you know, I can't have this stuff, so I'm going to do everything I can to discredit it. And right, it's just just because you can't afford it doesn't mean it's bullshit. It's right, just you can't afford it. I mean, there's lots of things that I can't afford, like those fancy radio, radio speakers. So I don't, I actually don't even go near them because of that or my my perception of them. Right. But well, I mean, it's like me with expensive watches. I'm I'm yeah. never going to spend twenty or thirty thousand dollars on a watch. Yeah, I mean, I totally appreciate it. I totally think it's cool. Am I ever going to spend twenty k on a watch? Nope, not going to happen. But I appreciate the passion. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of a like a speaker company who makes really expensive loudspeakers. That's not well. Really back to your back to your original question about snake oil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've got a. I mean, I'm just not that negative on the human condition that I just can't believe that whoever's making this stuff wakes up in the morning and says, okay, who can we swindle today? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not seeing that. I've met nearly right. everybody in high-end audio now, and, and I just don't buy it. I, I don't see that out there. I the really only, don't. The only time I've actually seen people 
Uh, I've got to be very careful how I say this. And I'm, uh, Jeff, we're not going to name this company, even if you know who it is, right? I'm not naming them. But, you know, they did a bunch of Kickstarter products and some people still don't have their product three or four years down the line. Oh, yeah, I know, you know what like, you're talking about. Right? So it, that's not cool. I mean, if anything, people should be, and people are, you know, hopping crazy about that on the net. And justifiably so, because, well, actually, I don't know, legally, they probably don't have a leg to stand on because when you back a crowdfunding, crowdfunded product, well, we had a little bit of a problem with our crowdfunding thing. And, you know, yeah. I tried I tried to catch up with everybody. We thought we were going to do two print issues. We only did one. Mm. I went back. I sent everybody an email um, and said, hey, you know what? We're only going to do one. We're not going to do two. Do you want your $4 refunded? Right. You know, we, we, we you gave us $8. We're only going to do one issue. Um you know, we, we're, so if you would like the $4 back, um, send me an email, blah, blah, yep. blah. And you yep. know, most people were really cool. They said, Oh, Hey, you know, four bucks. Don't worry about it. We like right. you. We like tone, but you know what? I had about 30 people that said, you know, yeah, I want my $4 back. And, yeah, fair enough. You know, and even those guys, I mean, I even refunded the whole $8 back, you know, it's right. like, Hey, we, we screwed up. You know, but it's not like we sold somebody a DAC for thousands of dollars and never delivered the product. We're not, we're not, we're not naming the name, but yes, but this is, I mean, I know this is not technically snake oil, but we're talking about, you know, um, I, I'm not even sure this company de deliberately set out to swindle people. I don't think that's the case either. I don't know what, I think it's just mismanagement or whatever. whatever Sometimes it is. things just get away from you. Yeah. I don't, I, totally I, I don't want to. I've got to be very careful, you know. I don't want to be suggesting anything because, and here's the thing: this is a good, this is a good point, right? I don't know, so I right. I can only say that these people ordered this product and some of them didn't get it. That's all I know, right? I can't possibly tell you why, and no amount of speculation brings me any closer to the truth. This is really, I mean, this is really important. Speculation is a is a is problematic a lot of the time, especially when you're trying to connect cause and effect right like why do these ethernet cables make a difference well it could be this or it could be that but like pontificating as to why it might not work or why it does work doesn't really get us anywhere unless you know unless you're an expert in this field or you work for this company that we can't name you cannot possibly know so you know having your opinion out there on the internet like i think blah 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 well you might think that but <laughs> You can't possibly know for sure. Well, you know what? Everybody <laughs> everybody thinks that because they've got 100 followers on Facebook or Twitter that they're a journalist, and they're not. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're not. I'm not a journalist, okay? I'm somebody who writes feature articles about hi-fi gear. I'm not a journalist. I don't, I don't seek out the news. I don't interview people that have anything you know i'm not interviewing presidents and heads of state and captains mm -hmm. of industry i'm just writing about hi-fi i'm not a journalist i don't consider myself a journalist that's interesting because um, i mean i do more i probably do more new stuff than you and i do i do hunt down stories sometimes so i guess part of my role is to be a journalist i'm not saying exclusively it is but i do see myself as that sure. in some situations right not always but like if i'm like i've got a couple of big stories coming up there's a couple of products which again can't talk about right now um and here's yeah here's another good point right a lot of news gets embargoed by the manufacturer right yes so you you probably come across this right you'll get a press release and it'll say embargoed until blah 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 now you could be a dick and you could just go well i don't do embargoes i'm just going to publish this news but here's the thing you'll never get news from that manufacturer ever again well so exactly you'll, you'll be frozen out right therefore you're actually shooting yourself and your readers in the foot so even though embargoes are a kind of pain in the ass, it's, it's part of the industry. You kind of have to live with it and you have to kind of work with it. Otherwise you're cut off and not just from that manufacturer because other manufacturers will be watching what you do and they'll go, we're, exactly. not, sending, we're not sending John this news anymore because he can't keep his mouth shut until time of announcement. I mean, dude, so there's been stuff that manufacturers have told me two and three years out that I've yeah. had to sit on. Yeah, you, yeah. You so know, it's, I mean, that's just respect. Well, I'm making, I'm making this point is because people kind of like, say, well, why can't you tell us now? Or do you know if this company is producing this product, right? Now, I could not know, so I have no answer for you. 
but I might actually know, but because it's embargoed or it's under an NDA or whatever, I still can't tell you. So what, you know, you asking me, whatever the outcome, I cannot tell you either. I don't know, or I do know, and I'm under NDA or embargo and I can't tell you either way. You're not going to find out. So emailing me what, like asking me what this company's doing next is a futile exercise because, and I don't mean this in a nasty way. I mean, just mean you're kind of wasting your time and a little bit of mine because you surely you, well, anyway, I'm not saying you should understand this. I'm explaining this now in case readers and viewers don't know this is that yeah, secrets are secrets and we have to keep them. Otherwise we just get cut off. And no, well, not only that you're honestly on a lot of levels. I mean, I Mm -hmm. used to see this in, when I wrote about cameras and digital imaging, Mm -hmm. one of the Mm -hmm. biggest mistakes that the people in the photo industry did then, and they still do now Mm -hmm. is they would release information about a new product, you know, sometimes a year before it came out. Right. So to me, and I, and I used to voice this opinion to them. I said, you guys, all you're doing is building frustration. Mm-hmm. Because if I if I let's say if it's a DAC, okay, I'm mm-hmm. in the market for a new DAC, and I'm just using this as an example. And you or I write a piece that says six months from now, Cord is coming out with a new DAC or DCS or PS Audio or whatever. But well, not, we need to be clear; they're not, by the way. Right? No, no. But I'm just saying for I'm, I'm illustration <laughs> yeah. purpose. Yes, 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 okay. yes. They're they're releasing a new DAC. Well, if I've got ants in my pants to get a new DAC today mm. and I go down to my dealer who doesn't sell one of those brands, they're going to, they're going to know that I've got money in my pocket I want to buy. Mm-hmm. They're just going to go, oh, dude, you don't need that. Get this. So, I, you know, I'm not helping my reader. I'm, I'm neither helping the reader nor am I helping the manufacturer by letting that cat out of the bag. You know, I'm, I'm not helping sure. anybody at that and point. Al- and also specs can change. Feature sets can change, prices can change. So and at the last minute, because again, yes. you know how all these engineers are. They get right close to market and they come, they they learn something new at the last minute and they decide to make a change. Honestly, I wish the manufacturers would just give us the news the day before it's ready to go. I, I think that yeah. would solve everybody's problem because again, with the internet, you know what? We're all on our computers all the time. It's like, you know what? Just tell me when it's a day before we have to go. And speaking of that, I got to go because I got to get to the dentist. So um, one more thing and let's wrap this up. And I got to blast down right. the road really okay. fast. Okay. Let's just, I'm going to list out the things I've got coming up, right? Okay. So I've got um, the shooting videos this week of the Hegel H590 integrated amp. I'm also going to be reviewing the Allo Digi1 signature um, uh, Raspberry Pi streamer hat. I've got a Divule Expert Pro 140 here as well. I've got a couple of things that I've already mentioned several times. Can't talk about them now. I can in a couple of weeks. Um, gotcha. Just just because I want to be a dick and I just want to tease people with, the, like, I've got a secret and I can't tell you. Um, it's but, your oh, privilege. Well, it's my privilege and I get to, you know, just build a little bit of anticipation and, yeah, whatever. Um, what else have I got coming up? Oh, there's a whole bunch of things, but, yeah, they're, they're, that's the next few weeks. What about you, Jeff? What are you What are you writing about soon? Um, the new issue that's going to be out end of this month is all small speakers. So Interesting. Okay. really small speakers. So we've got LS3. We've got the LS35 versus LS35A from Graham. Uh-huh. Um, we've got some little speakers from Canto. We've got some small speakers from Paradigm from Martin Logan. Nice. Um, I've got these these kind of medium small speakers they're called horns from from i believe they're from either germany or switzerland they're kind of interesting um and i think i'm trying to think i think i have about oh i've got something small from rido um i'm trying to think of who else i've got here Mm -hmm. so I've, i've got about 10 or 12 just really small speakers geared towards people with small spots wow spaces okay cool so yeah all right well look you you've got a dash um You have been listening to the Darko Audio Podcast with me, John Darko, and Tone Audio's Jeff Dorgay.